Introduce the amazing panel of brothers that I get to speak with and chill with every week. Uh, we got Chris Stewart, we got Mr. Raymond Ankrum, and we got Sharif El Mecki. How are you fellows doing today? Good, good, man. Good I'm to doing see you. All right. Yeah, I'm happy well, to be here, man. We we had a good show last time. I heard nothing but good stuff. That's what's up, man. That's great. How you doing, Ray? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for asking. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm doing fine. I just felt like you would have felt some kind of way if I didn't ask you specifically. So, uh, so let's just hop right into it. We're coming off uh, uh, one of the biggest uh, teacher strikes in years. Uh, it's gotten a lot of national and international attention. Uh, LAUSD just ended their teacher strike, and our own Chris Stewart wrote about it. So, what we're gonna do is uh, we're gonna throw it to Chris so Chris can. Uh, give us a synopsis of his article. And Chris, a lot of people might not know what was at the root of the LA strike. So if you can throw that in there and then we're going to have at it. How does that sound, fellas? Sounds good. Yep, that sounds great. Chris, it's all on you, bro. What did you write about? All right. So the basics is that the Los Angeles teachers haven't striked in, in three decades. So it was big news, number one, because of that. It was also big news because the Los Angeles school district is the second largest in the country. So anytime you have a school district like that do something so big where all their teachers are on the streets wearing red T-shirts and uh, screaming, it's a big deal. So people were watching. I saw one story after another that was all the sympathetic teacher story and it got under my skin because it gets under my skin whenever I don't think that children and, and students and their achievement is at the middle of everything that we talk about in education. It's almost like it's an afterthought. So the thing that I wrote this week was really, I am just so um, desirous of there to be a national movement that, that where people get in the streets and they protest about student achievement for once. When they get out in the streets and they yell and they scream and they have bullhorns and they're saying like, we're not gonna take it anymore. And, and the it that they're talking about is this ridiculous um, set of outcomes for children of color in the second largest district in the country. So I, the, the title or the, the, the tagline of what I wrote was that you know people take to the streets for, to fight for public education, but the problem is that they're never demanding America's school children get better classroom instruction. And from there, I went through a couple of things that I thought were really interesting. Number one, it was really interesting to me that there was a report from Parent Revolution last year. I'll read a quote to you from what they said. They said, last year, 68% of teachers at the Los Angeles Unified School District's lowest performing schools received no evaluation of their teaching. At these schools, where only 28% of students met the standards in reading and only 20% met the standards in math, 96% of the teachers who were evaluated 
were rated as having met or exceeded the standards. How? Basically, exactly. That's my point. And, and, and that's what I wrote. That's basically what I wrote about. How can we have a strike about anything uh, until we like figure out a way to make sure that Los Angeles' school children are getting universally good instruction? And that's not, that's not what's happening right now. Mm. Well, I mean, it's because, it's because this system is designed to put adults before they put kids which is kind of like the antithesis of what schools should really be. If the focus was on kids, then we would be worried about test scores. We would be worried about accountability. Accountability wouldn't be such a dirty word. Um, when you're thinking about, when I look at a school, the first thing that I look at is the test scores. If the test scores don't look right, then I got something to say about that. Because then that means to me that black kids aren't, aren't achieving. They aren't doing what they need to do. They aren't being college ready. They aren't be, being ready for, for life. If I'm looking at a, a, a eighth grade score and it's telling me that the school is 10% proficient, then how the hell are those kids are going to go to college? Like, that doesn't make sense to me. Well, I'm glad to hear you say that, too, because the response that we usually get to exactly that point is people telling us that the tests don't mean anything and that the tests don't tell us anything. And as a parent, if I look at a school and only 10% of the black kids are proficient, like you just said, it tells me enough. It, it, does tells tell me black, it tells me black kids ain't learning. And, 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 so, <laughs> and that's all. That's the, I'm sorry for the, I, I almost slipped. I caught it. But it, that's all I need to know. <laughs> that's all I need to know. So if I'm trying to be passionate, if I, if I want to be passionate about something, man, y'all trying, y'all, y'all trying to get me hyped. You take over. You be political. I ain't got yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, what I would say is that, you know, one, like that, the fact that that many teachers, you know, if that's true, were not evaluated at all. Is, is an issue, and then the ones who are, you know, that astronomical number of, like, everyone is highly effective is, is a challenge, you know, like, just to even think about, like, how is that possible in a district that large or that in a school that that's, um, you know, that size. Um, the piece I would add, like, that's not in that, in that uh, piece is, okay, whatever the score, like, I think it's always important. There's a dashboard, so I think what I would say is, yes, test scores are important. And I would also say there are other things that are also equally important. Um, you know, are, how are kids, are they staying there? You know, like, are, is it a school that yeah. scores are really high, but no one else is staying? Only kids who are proficient are scoring. If, how, if a kid comes in proficient and leaves proficient, like if they're already on track when they come in and they graduate, they're on track. Is it a school that brings kids in who are not on track and then get them on track? So I think all of that should be part of the dashboard. But, like, we shouldn't minimize, um, you know, like how students are able to do on a, on a, on a test. And so I think, you know, and I wrote this a while ago. Like, my, my kid's school, I mean, at one point, one of my, my kids, the teacher told her, like, hey, your, your family's Muslim. Maybe you guys are, you know, want to opt out. You know, so she, she had this assumption that because we're Muslims, she, she probably knows, like, I'm anti a whole lot of stuff that I was just going to be anti-test. I was like, I was like, tell your teacher that, no, I want to see exactly what you're able to do on that, on that state test, you know? So, so I think that, you know, it's all of those, all of those things are a part of it. But I, I tweeted something very similar, Chris, to your tagline, just this idea of, like, you know, when are, when are we going to help kids walk out of situations? Wow. Like, I, you know, like my, my dream would be that everybody out of Philadelphia and we march on to our state capitol. Like, you know, just let's everybody, all 250,000 students, 
we let's go to Harrisburg. Let's walk out and 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 um you know be up in there. Like that's to me, I think you know that kind of stuff isn't spoken about enough. And you know, kids don't come the, first. No, and that 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 to me is really the next place to go. If teachers have have learned that the only way to get what they want is to shut down schools and put families in disarray, I think that families need to learn from teachers, right? And be like, well, listen, we got a few things that are problematic for us too, so let us walk out. And, and, and let us walk out in a way that's smart, because here's the smart way to walk out. The smart way to walk out is to walk out when headcount matters and don't come back until the money is already forfeited to the state, Absolutely. and then come back. It's and called, do that year after year. It's called How about Beds you, Day. It's called yeah, Beds Day. Right. Let, let's start school every year. Let's just make it a black holiday to start school every year on November 1st. Right? Yeah. And, and keep our kids in churches and church schools until November 1st every year. And I can guarantee you some things will start changing with our relationship with teachers, unions, school districts, superintendents, when they're not getting the money for us, but then they have to serve us for the rest of the year. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's the kind of stuff that happens on a small scale. When you're talking about, like, the growing number of black families who are homeschooled, um, you know, like, they're, 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 like, unplugging altogether and saying, you know what, this is, this is not set up right. Like, if that can be organized in a way, um, you know, a few, a few years ago, like, our, our, you know, our governor, our governor, their governor, whoever, governor, the previous governor of Pennsylvania, cut, you know, pretty much a billion dollars out of the, the school the school system, the school budget, right? A billion dollars. Just in my school alone, I lost a million dollars. Like the amount of teachers I had to cut, you know, support everything, like one million dollars just from my school. And, um, you know, and, and, and Dr. Hyde, our superintendent at the time was just like, you know what, like with this, with this amount of, of, and then, you know, like every year was more cuts. He was like, I don't know if we can open school it's like, you know, because it's not safe. Like, I, I don't even have enough adults, you know? They cut all the counselors. They cut all the, like, it was just, like, every support staff. And I was just like, yeah, don't open school. <laughs> Let's, uh, you know, in my head, you know? Like, you know, and that's, that's why he's the superintendent. He had to, like, figure all this stuff out, right? Like, yeah, and he was you know, making, but, what, like, $350,000 a year? Yo, stop counting well, that man's pockets. Yo, get out my man's, man's pockets, pockets, yo. I'm just, I'm just saying, I don't feel sorry for them. Listen, I'll figure I, look, anything out. You know how I'll I feel. Figure I think it out. all educators should be, um, you know, I think teachers should be making 100000 period. If they're, if they're effective. Good yeah, teachers. exactly. If right, they're effective, I think they should be, like, making 100000 So, you know, like, I'm always for Which means most you know, of them would make $100,000. In L.A., yeah. I mean, let's be real. Like, it's a catch-all occupation, right? Like, it's all comers. Anybody can yeah. come, right? You get that's part of the problem. School in college, that is part of the problem. Education. But that that's, part, that's part of the problem. And we, we, yeah. we already talked about this. We, we haven't talked about this on podcast, but we've talked about this in person, about these school of education programs and how they are default for, like, these big athletic programs. And so anybody can get into these school ed programs. You go out, you pass a test, and you're a teacher. It's got to be more to it than that, man. So why are we missing that, though, when it comes to these big strikes? They get into the streets. We get all these really super sympathetic messages. Everybody's so concerned. Oh my God, they're so un underpaid, and they have such a, ch a tough job. You know, it's 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 amazing how bad we treat them. Blah blah blah. But then we don't grow up and have an adult conversation about the way that they have been prepared, and the way that they have been hired, and and the way that they are monitored, evaluated, and fired is broken at every point in the system. Right. So 
the adult conversation is why, yes, I would love to have this sympathetic conversation constantly about how that, oh, they're so underpaid, blah, blah. But, but I would actually like us to grow up and get to the part where we start saying, how did they get in the profession? How did they learn what they're teaching? Where did they get what they're teaching from? These are all the things we said in the last podcast. I'm really desirous of people to get there, start talking about the deeper issues of teaching. But I, I yes. mean, I, I, I mean, I agree. I, like, I, I just, I just was listening um, to where folks were coming from, and I think, in large part, I agree with what was saying. But it, it does make the conversation feel pretty one, one-sided. I just wanted to, like, I don't think we laid out the facts of what these people were saying that they wanted, right? So they, they advocated for a six percent raise, which was what was offered before they striked, right. and they got that already. And then they, yeah. so that, that kind of stayed there. They asked for smaller class sizes, with, with, which went from a cap of 46 students per classroom to 39 so students. So let me talk Can about- Can you just pause right here? 46, oh, like, yeah. first of all, yeah. that's yeah. absolutely insane. Yeah. So, so right? that's insane. So, that's insane. I, I, yeah, it's crazy, right? So I'm just saying what they were asking for. Well, keep um, going, let them finish. Fin- finish what yeah. they were asking for. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing that that uh, was is, is recognized in LA is is, is one of the uh, it has some of the poorest student base in the country. So eight out of ten students in you in uh, in LA's Unified uh, qualify for free or reduced lunch, um, and then what their percentage? average eight, you say eight, uh, out eight out of ten students got it. Yeah. That's the, and that's in the public system, right? So we're not talking because I know a lot of people are gonna look and say, well, LA is, is center in the most expensive and the richest uh, state in the union, right? In the richest country, right? But um, these are kids that go to the public system, which I think is right. really important to note. Um, they demanded more librarians, more nurses, and nicer campuses. And then the average caseload in LA USD for a counselor was 378 students per one counselor. Uh, the national average is 250 to one. Um, and like Chris said earlier, is LA is the second largest school district in the, in, in the United States. So I just wanted to actually lay out some facts about what was being asked for, what was being moved across, because and, and I don't I want to add to that too. Let me just add a couple of yeah. things. Number one, they, they had a counselor ratio of one to a thousand. And I think what they won was to one to 500. But no. it, should pro- it should probably be one to 250. It should be like oh, one it to should probably five. Be, yeah, I was about to say, it should be one to a lot less than that. Um, at that. Right. And then they, they also asked ask for um, 250. Yeah. Then they also and, asked for uh, a cap on charter schools. Um, right. I, a cap, and they also asked for their superintendent to go to the state and try and get state law changed to cap charter schools. Mm-hmm. And they also asked for, for more green space and for legal, a legal services hotline for immigrant children. So they had a, a, a full portfolio of things. Half of these, I just want to be real with you, half mm-hmm. of these were focus group, focus tested, um, strategic planks to put in their platform so that they could get the real things that they wanted, which was a cap on class size, a cap right. on well, a charter cap schools, on charter school, and, that, and, that, and, and that's my point. So that, so that was so that was the point that I was driving to, right? The point that I was driving to is I think that nationally we've been having the wrong conversation, right? Like if the conversation is are teachers mistreated, are they underpaid, do we need better libraries, do we need nicer campuses? Then yes, that's exactly what we need. So no sane person across the country is going to like stand up because if you stand up against a strike or teachers, then you're standing up against teachers, children 
it and these basic things that folks are asking for. I think what Chris said is, is the conversation that we have the responsibility to dive deeper in is that this wasn't really about the salary and it wasn't really about those things. It was really an opportunity to take a giant blow against charter schools in this other sector, right? Because Absolutely. remember, the top thing that we talk about is salary. If salary is a thing that people always focus on, then it's important for us to note that have this information, right? We're not pedestrians in this work. It's saying, actually, they got their 6% raise before uh, they decided to take one day, be before they decided to step out of school for one day. Mm -hmm. But what they did get is that they used the momentum. It's really smart, actually. Like what Chris said, he said it like it was a dig at them, but that's really smart organizing, right? In order for me to get what I want, what are the words and terminology we need to use so we can capture the country, right? So when you get AOC, who is on fire, right? Who is like this new yo, person. Yo, yo, wait a second. I'm not editing that because that's the, the point of what I'm saying is this AOC is how was the union leader. That's his. That's his... <laughs> no, no. A A no. AOC. AOC. She's a AOC. socialist, the socialist millennial who listen, went, listen, went to Congress. Listen, yeah. this is, listen to the oh, point oh, that I'm oh, making oh, about from New York. Got why yeah, we continue, yeah. about why people on our side continue to lose is what I'm saying. Only a few amount of people, what do we say the a percentage of black folks are in education teaching? Less than 2%, right? Like most males. people are no, that's males. like males. I said males. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Males, yeah. right? What I'm saying is, is the average person is pedestrian to this stuff, right? Like the That's average right. person, right? right? If I'm a senator and I'm thinking about like these things and how to be with the people, they have set up an argument that puts them with the people. And nobody is saying like, yo, this is really an opportunity for you to take a blow at charter schools. This is really an opportunity for us to get a charter cap. This is really an opportunity for us to change state law and this stuff. And the best way to call that out is to be like, cause you already got your main demand before you even stepped foot on 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 any type of strike, I, I just wanted to like make sure we we're having that type of conversation because I'm not going to be placed in a per as a person that doesn't like teachers, that doesn't support teachers, that hates unions, and all these things. But like Chris pointed out, this is warfare at a high art, right? This is like. Yo, we have a strategy of what we're going to do. We're going to start in L.A., which is the second largest. Then we're going to go to Virginia, Denver, and Oakland, and we're going to do the same thing. And before you know it, we're going to have regular people talking about how evil charter schools and vouchers and all these alternate things are. When we know for a fact that most of the leaders that lead this stuff, their kids will never sniff a public school of any kind, of charter or traditional they will be at the best private schools because guess what? As much as California has some of the worst public schools in America, we got some of the best banged up private schools in the world. So let's have a real conversation about what's happening. So yeah, what, you, just what you gonna to, do now? Go gonna, are you gonna add AOC? What are you trying What's to get mean? your likes up, bro? What, are you what doing? that gotta do? What that gotta do with anything? I'm, you, you, because you, you are, you ready to attack a person whose job is not education? You about to attack somebody, a person who has a lot of the population on her side right now? And who are you talking doing, about? Who are you talking he's about? Talking about? He got this thing against AOC, and that's fine. Like I don't okay, care. Now, now tell, right? the, like, tell the, tell the, tell the what, yeah. What's her real name so that people know who we're talking about? We saying AOC. Sure. Yeah, because I didn't know who you were talking about mm -hmm. with AOC. Y'all saying her name because you can't get the like the accent right on her name. You don't want to. You don't want to get that wrong. You don't, you know don't want to get it wrong. So, nah. so for our listeners, we're talking about the socialist millennial who came from the Bronx, got elected, was a bartender, and is now burning it up in social media. Her parents had moved out of the hood and moved her to the suburbs so that she could go to a real school, and now she's against school choice and she stands with teachers. So it's basically the oldest cliche rewriting itself for the 80th time, and all of Twitter world is abuzz with the, with the darling of things. And just like all of our bougie people, they get to these places, and then they cut out things that are necessary for the poor, like school choice. 
But go ahead. No, I mean, but I don't. But I agree with a lot of. No, I was gonna say I agree with a lot of her tweets. Me too. It's like. It's like with a lot of folks, like, you know, it's, it's, it's so much more nuanced, and, and, and I agree with you. We have to, like, lift things up. I was just wondering, like, the strike, and I agree, it was, about, like, very strategic. How much of it was a backlash because of the board that was elected in L.A.? Um, and then also, like, how much of it is a backlash for the Supreme Court decision against unions? So, you know, like, like if, if, you've, if you lost a battle for a school board membership, membership and then, you know, uh, the Supreme Court decision about about forced uh, participation in union and union membership, then yeah, your your next uh, you know fault line, you're going to really try to you know be strategic about it. And, and I think, so, some, I think and, and it's a perfect storm, Sharif. Like it's a like this is the easiest campaign to run today, yo. Like it's it's so easy, right? Like and that's what I'm saying. Like you can and is and, and the the wrong way to go about that is to be is to go at somebody like an AOC or. One of these Who's people. Going to Why are you saying? I'm not. Can, can I finish? What I'm, what I'm, what I'm, what I'm saying is. What I'm, what I'm saying is, is the reason why we're gonna keep losing public support. The reason why regular people don't be rocking with the things we say, even though we're speaking in uh, towards their best interest, is because with topics like this that are crazy nuanced, like Sharif said, we don't have a nuanced conversation with people, right? We're not showing them what the facts are and what they stated. I bet you, I bet everything that I own that if you if you were able to chart and ask people, did the teachers get what they asked for, right? What was they asking for? I bet you the number one thing they're going to say is, is for uh, their wages. And I bet you when you say, did you know that they already had that wage before, the, before that even started? I bet you the majority say no. You're dealing with an uninformed base that is going and, and like this, the, the union has spoke to the soul of people basically saying like, look, this is this thing is evil. This thing is righteous. Are you going to be which side are you going to be on? And that's just and we haven't been able to combat that. That's that's my point. I, I my think point. you're over overestimating their pulling yeah. because for a couple of reasons. Number one, we're not losing. <laughs> like like if we just going to be real about so. numbers and math, if we just going to be real about numbers and math, charter schools are still growing. They're growing in popularity, and every time people get them, they actually start clinging to them. The polling numbers are in our favor. People support, not just support. They, they support. They support, support choice. They don't support. No, they support. Like no, they support specifically charter schools, and every come out for the but, last but, five but years, including the last one that just came out not long ago. That was a, one of the major studies. They still support, and and the people who support them the most are black and brown people. Black and brown. When you look at who is doing yeah, the most. You can't, tell, you can't tell him nothing. But you can't tell him nothing. He think he know everything. No, no, I just let me finish. Let me finish too, though. I don't care. I don't give a damn about a charter school. I don't give a damn about traditional school. I don't I don't care about private schools. I can't, like, my thing is around, I feel like if schools suck in general, you we should be able that. to choose what you want to choose. We got that. But, and, but, 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 but I feel like we don't need. I agree with you on one part, though. I agree with you on this part that, like, if it's a communications war, they are definitely striking up somewhere. Absolutely. In communications Absolutely. world. It's not even I don't close. think it, I don't, I think they're overplaying their hand though. And I think that they knew that they even had to cut this strike short because they only had a few more days before parents started kicking in on them. That that's what all the talk is. All the talk is they didn't miraculously wake up one morning and say, okay, we, we're, we see the light. They, they, if you look at, the Facebook page of the the UA, the ULTA or the, the UTLA. UTLA. Yeah, if you go and look at the, their page, the teachers are mad about this deal. <laughs> they feel like the union leadership caved on them, right? 
And they're saying what you just said. We only got what we, what we had before. Why did we go on strike? That's what they're saying. In the, that's what the teachers themselves are saying in their union right. thread on the Facebook page, right? Well, the reason that the union gave in is because parents only had one more or two more days before it was going to hit the fan, right? You are inconveniencing people. This isn't as much of a winning strategy as they think, and they shouldn't overplay their hands. You're not going to do like Trump is doing with the shutdown. Shut this down, inconvenience people for days on end, and have it not come back around to you and make you unpopular. I feel you. I'm in Oakland, but let's let's get the um, let's get y'all final thoughts on it uh, on this topic, and we'll go around the horn. And Chris, this is your topic. We'll let you handle the final say, Ray. So, I just don't like. So what you're, what you're saying is is I agree with about 98 percent of it. With who, Chris or me? Were you, unfortunately? What? Ninety-eight <laughs> percent, man. Ninety-eight percent. Let's just end the podcast now. Damn, so, it's a no for me, dog. So, so here, <laughs> did you just pull a Randy? Yep. Yeah, dog. This ain't for you. It's a no for All me. Right, so, but 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 what I what I want to focus on though is it's just whole this whole thought process of let's use charter schools to get what we want. Like I think that that's total BS. And I think that you know we need to find some 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 talking points and whatnot to get us out of out of that scene. You know, if you want to advocate for kids and you want to make this about kids, then don't bring charter schools into it. Yeah, my my um, yeah, I just think like you know when you when you look at a list of demands like like they had, it was it was long, and some of them like absolutely, I don't know if. if it needed to strike to get those things. But when you look at, at things like, you know, size of council, in Philadelphia, I think right now they cut all the counselors initially, brought them back. I think right now it's one to 750, I think, you know, and yeah, average around the country is 250. And I think the students who are, um, who've been traumatized because of institutional racism and other factors, like that number should be way lower, under 100, right? Like, and multiple. Um, counselor. So like things like that, class size, like that's insane. Like class size, I yeah. think in Philadelphia is 33 is, is where it's capped, 33, 34. Um, and of course, for children achieving at faster rates, if they are behind, it needs to be, you know, a lot lower. If they're at an above grade level, you know, fine, 33, whatever. But, you know, if they, if they have needs, that's an absolutely ridiculously high number. Um, and I agree with you, like just throwing in when, when you, when you look at like what families are asking for more options, and then you have people who are supposed to be delivering education saying, Hey, we want the opposite of what families are asking for. We want the opposite of what black and brown families, uh, say is a part of, um, you know, their answer, not everything like charter schools aren't a panacea, but like, you know, black parents are supportive of it mm. to have a mostly white union say we want the exact opposite of what those black and brown families want i think is an issue um my final thoughts on it um i, I think it's the i think it's the right topic to be talking about i think there's nuance and i think that we have a lot more information than the average um consumer does and i'm saying that just as somebody who at his barbershop a few days ago in there with a bunch of men who obviously love their kids, right? But, you know, as being black, we've been brought up and trained that we support unions and we support these things, right? And they just, and they were just repeating to me, like, lines that they've seen on TV and things of that nature. Like, I, like even doing research for this episode, like, I went to, I think it was The Atlantic or it was somebody, right, that wrote about how this was a win for students. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I think that, like, there just needs to be a higher level of engagement with people. I think, 
you know, and I'm good with it, man. I argue in every room I go to, right? Like anti-charter people think that I'm a, a char super charter advocate and people that love charters think that I don't care about charters, right? Like I, I, I just care about kids. And I don't, I, I still don't think that, I think if you're a black parent, whatever you choose, whatever you get stuck with, I do think that this, this, this strike built up a lot of momentum. As somebody who lives in Oakland where they are about to strike regardless, I think that it's about to be about charters again. And I think that they probably gonna win that fight. And I'm thinking, you know, for what I can do in my control is like, just understand that there's nuance to everything. And regardless what happens to parents, just have people with information help you navigate to get the things that you need for your kid, whether they end up in traditional charter or private. Like, I just think you gotta be more engaged for your black kid in these schools. Cause obviously folks ain't out here fighting for um, their well being in my mind. Oh, oh, so that's just me. Chris, you can take us home. Yeah, right before Chris jumps in and closes this out, like, I, I think they should read, you know, folks should read uh, Chris's uh, piece and also Peter Cook's piece as well about the, about the strike. So, Chris, you take us home, brother. You know, my final word on it is, is years ago I was in um, uh, a meeting, the World Socialist Coalition, an annual meeting. And don't ask me how I got there, but it was at our... You had to get invited. <laughs> it was at our university here. And one of the panels was this dude named Glenn Ford from the Black Agenda Report and, uh, and the Chicago Teachers Union. Chicago Teachers Union folks there talked, walked people through how when they took over with Karen um, at, at the Chicago's Teachers Union, first thing they did was hire attorneys and marketing people. And they actually like got the marketing people to research for them what the top um, turners, things that they can turn on people uh, to get the public riled up about their pay issues. Um, because the public was tiring of just straight up workplace issues and, and um, money issues from teachers unions. So they crafted something called the, the schools our kids deserve. And it was a total marketing plan is basically what it was. And it's been dispatched to, to unions across the country. The exact same playbook ended up in our school districts in, in St. Paul and Minneapolis a few years later. And, and they dispatched some people to come up and help them do it. It's the exact same playbook that LA just used. Come up with a bunch of issues that have universal appeal to the public and then hide your real issues in the middle of those. No one's going to say no to like kittens and, and, and rainbows, right? So we're going to make our unit, we're going to make our agenda about kittens and rainbows, counselors and, and, you know, and, and disparities and, and discipline and whatever else. But really what we're after is the thing in the middle, which is an end to charter schools and more money and less accountability. Malcolm X warned us a long time ago that a lot of this information that we get is going to be tricky. Don't be bamboozled, right? Yeah. And he also warned us that a lot of our friends and allies and our whole family and people are going to be bamboozled, hoodwinked and bamboozled, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to act like that's new. I'm not going to act like that's a new situation. I'm also not going to buy into being unintelligent as a black man. I'm going mm -hmm. to read things for what they are, and whoever's with me is with me. I'm not going to stop telling the truth because I feel like some people are hoodwinked, right? And I don't think anybody should, but I actually think there's all kinds of roles for us to play. There's people to go in that room and be like, I hear what y'all saying. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. I kind of get it. And, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then there's room for other people to be like, no, this is some bullshit. If parents had the agency, right, like where they wasn't always just having to feel bad and somebody was coming up telling them this from a union or from a charter leader or from whatever, and they, if they said, excuse me, one, do you have kids? And two, where does your kid go to school? Like if we can start every conversation off like that, I think that oh, these would be great conversations. conversations. Every, that's everybody, how you like, start it. 
Yeah. But, but what I'm saying is, right, if, if somebody went to these people and was like, look, like, where does your kid go? Because I think it's, people want to believe in good things. They want to be, like, sympathetic, right? Like, nobody I mean, part of this, yeah, I agree. I'm bombing on teachers. Part That's of my the point. sympathy, Cole, part of the sympathy, I think, is, is when you have a popular, when, when, when narratives are, are, are spun in a way where that's the man, there are a lot of people who feel like, you know what, the bosses, that's the man, so yeah, we're going to side against the people against them. What we have to make sure that people recognize is, you know what, that teacher, that teacher is the man. <laughs> that right. teacher is the one actually in power over, you know, and I over think our people children. Get that, though. And I so, think like, that I think we just, that, that's the piece that's forgotten that. The man, yeah, the school board, but also there's different representations of what the man is. So, Chris, we're going to leave him one more. We're going to close out right there. I would love for us to actually pick that topic up at another in another episode. But y'all have been listening to the 8 Black Hands podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, folks are definitely sweating. You can't see us, but, you know, it's uh, it was a good, fun conversation, and we'll see you next time. Peace.